0: This is the Suno India production and you're listening to Cyber Democracy. This podcast is in association with Internet Freedom Foundation. Check out their work at internetfreedom.in. With the coronavirus lockdowns and the dearth of meeting people in the real world, several of us are exploring options to date online. While dating apps like Tinder and Bumble have been available for a while, there is an increase of their use with the lockdown. Couples who are separated due to the lockdown are being intimate online. While the internet and these apps provide an option to explore intimacy online, they also bring in risks of privacy and security. In this episode, we discuss various issues of online dating with Ashmita Ghosh, a sex positive feminist and activist, a former campaign lead at Feminism in India. Welcome to the Cyber Democracy Podcast, Ashmita.
1: Hi, Shinivas. Thank you for having me
0: so with the lockdown there is an increasing trend of people dating online there is a shift from offline dating to online dating and there are a lot of stories of people on how they are using zoom uh, as a dating mechanism or they're using apps like bumble or hinge or even tinder but How safe is this form of dating? I mean, there are stories of how people have been conned or like people tend to portray themselves as somebody who they are not online. Like you don't know if the photo of the guy on the platforms is actually the person who he's claiming to be. So can you just tell us some of the experiences that you've been documenting through your work on how online dating works?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we talk about the flip side of it, I'm a big fan and a proponent of online dating and the opportunities it allows. Uh, I think online dating is a great, just as the internet has broadened people's horizons in so many other ways, it's also expanded people's abilities to date and expand their dating potential. I am a huge fan of online dating because of the potential it carries. For a lot of people who maybe have, you know, controlling parents or in the closet with regards to their identity, maybe their sexual orientation or their gender identity, or have disabilities that can confine them to their houses, online dating provides a big form of release and escape and a way for them to live out their uh, romantic and sexual lives, even if they are confined in other ways. So, online dating is a very enabling and inclusive phenomenon. Of course, there are apps like Tinder and Bumble and Hinge uh, and all the conventional dating apps. But there are also a lot of platforms, a lot of, say, LGBTQ youth platforms. Or there are these apps like Second Life where people have entire avatars and lives that they live out on the internet. Where people form extremely real relationships uh, on the internet. and. These relationships are as real as uh, a husband and wife living, sleeping next to each other every night. These online relationships can feel as real as that. So yeah, online dating it has a great amount of potential, which has been amazing to a lot of people. And as of course, like you said, there is the flip side, there is catfishing, which is what you describe, where people may not put up their real photos or their real identities and scam somebody into thinking that they're someone else which is why with online dating as with offline dating you have to be a little careful you have to you have to be aware of what kind of information you're giving out to someone and this kind of sharing has to be it has to be a calculated risk that you take with how much information and how much intimacy or how much of your life you are sharing with somebody on the internet. Uh, because just like phishing and other kinds of online scams, online dating is more different from
0: that. So, what are the general rules that one has to follow like when they are new to virtual dating? Is it really very similar to offline dating or is it any different? Well, everyone's looking for some form of escape for the loneliness that this lockdown is causing. And I guess with all restaurants closed there will be no form of offline dating for a while for a really long while so can you actually tell us how different they are like when you compare them
1: in some ways they are actually quite similar i would say that there is a tendency to maybe uh, with with the internet and with screens and not you know looking into someone's eyes when you're talking to them there is a tendency to be ruler or more insensitive online than you would be offline, which is why, you know, the kind of hateful comments that you see on social media, a lot of people who are sending those messages never say something like that in their life. So the same thing happens in dating where people can treat each other a lot worse or lie about their identities in ways that they wouldn't be able to do offline. This is some of the risks that online dating poses. So definitely people need to be careful when they're engaging with a stranger on the internet. This is where a lot of people who've been online for a long time have become really good at figuring out how to share a part of their life without putting themselves at risk. A lot of people use pseudonyms, a lot of people use uh, online avatars and they could share, you know, real feelings, real emotions and everything but not share their personal identifiable information. So on uh, apps like Tinder and Bumble, they have their own verification procedures and they uh, mostly, you know, try to screen and weed out these catfishing accounts. So if you're meeting someone on an app like that, obviously there is the expectation that you are putting forward your real name and image. And that is each app and each platform has its own rules of engagement. If you're meeting on a chat forum where everybody's anonymous, of course, you stay anonymous. If you're meeting on a platform like Tinder where you're expected to have your real name and account then you respect the rules of that platform and you don't, uh, try, don't catfish is the expectation right so I think on these apps you need to take a very informed decision about how much you're willing to share uh, even if you have your uh, name and uh, your identity you do not have to feel obligated to share your location for instance, where you work exactly, unless you're planning to meet them. And it's always obviously better to meet somebody at a like a restaurant or somewhere mutual instead of directly at your house. Uh, because you've never met this person before. Uh, but if you are planning to just keep your relationship offline, just be cognizant of how much you're sharing with someone. And do not, uh, this is a little cynical and jaded to say, but do not trust anyone too easily. Like, take your time and talk to someone for a long time before if and if at all you decide to share personal information because you can have a very committed and emotionally intense conversation without sharing information that could put you at risk choose that instead of giving them too much information about yourself
0: i think sometimes these apps can be really empowering so there is a friend of mine who's actually kind of famous So he obviously can't put his real identity out there. So what he chooses to do is he doesn't disclose all the details. Like he does describe himself, but he never really. So it's like an alt account. Okay. So it's about him, but it's not entirely with his images. So speaking of that, how can one be intimate online, right? Like say you are dating someone and you decide to take the next step of like being a bit intimate. You do trust someone or you know them in person, say, uh, or you are you are already in a relationship. You already have a partner, but because of the lockdown, it's end up in you're not meeting them how do you like proceed being intimate online? Like how does even consent work online, right? Like is there an implied consent? I mean, that that's not how it works, right? So how does it, how should it work?
1: Uh, yeah, so I, again, just like online dating, online intimacy can feel as real as, you know, offline intimacy. So sexting, sharing nudes, um, you know, the sexting can be many forms. It could be just texting. It could be sending images and things like that. That can be an extremely intimate form of experience. So, the rules of consent are just the same. You have to treat sexting just as you would treat having sex with someone in real life. Have that same amount of respect. Have that same amount of concern for their comfort and their well-being. I've I've read this account of someone who had a uh, account on that app i mentioned second life the website where you sort of have an entire life and an entire avatar that lives online where you can also where this person had a relationship with somebody else on that app and she actually uh they were engaging in sex and she felt violated because that person didn't stop when he uh, she asked him to stop so she felt raped even though there was nothing physically happening So that's how intimate and real sexting can be. So I make it a point when if I'm engaging in these things to give it just as much consideration and respect uh, for my partner as I would if I was doing it offline. But you asked, you mentioned about, you know, asking for consent. Yeah, definitely no implied consent. Definitely no unsolicited uh, images, nudes. That's a huge no-no because it's, it's unsolicited dick pics, for instance, are the same as, someone flashing you in the street in a bus stop or something like that and as disgusting and solicited pictures are great um just as you would initiate a sexual relationship with someone in real life you would ask them is it okay if i do this uh, Or is it okay uh, if i touch you or is it okay if i kiss you that's the same way you would uh, switch that online you could say you know is it okay if i talk to you about this or uh, or if you Start a conversation about something sexual. Just like check in and say, "I want to talk about this. Are you okay with it?" Or if you want to send a picture, saying, "Just ask. Could I send you a picture of this?" Or could you send me a picture of you? Just ask. Asking is not a crime at all. Ever. Of course, there's a context. Do not randomly ask. You know, somebody you've never spoken with. That's the kind of creepy messages that a lot of women have in their DMs, and that's just creepy. Uh, There is a time and place and there's no like hard and fast rules, but this is something that you have to uh, be self-aware of and understand where it's appropriate to maybe segue into a sexual relationship with someone online and where that vibe has not been established at all. For instance, if you're having a professional conversation with someone, it's not appropriate. Or if there has been no hint of flirting or anything, it's not appropriate to immediately say, can I send you a pic?" even if it's a woman the other way around. Uh, read the room, and ask always.
0: A lot of important points that you've raised, uh, especially in terms of uh, sharing nudes or uh, sexting online. You did mention a couple of cases where there could have been scenarios where people actually feel violated. So which brings the question of how do you even do this safely, right? Like you did say these things can be done and I think a lot of people are indulging in in sharing notes or talking texting. But what's the safest way to do this?
1: Yeah, so okay, so the first you have to there are two sets of rules. One is for yourself and one is what to expect from your partner. For instance, as a feminist, I definitely hate that women are the ones who are expected to take all of the precautions being careful so that something bad doesn't happen to them. Even though it is uh, somebody else's fault entirely, women have to limit their words and limit their existence, limit their experiences to stay safe in quotes. Uh, Women are much more vulnerable to uh, something bad, something bad happening like uh, image-based sexual abuse or revenge porn as it's commonly known. Uh, Somebody taking their images and spreading it without their consent. Uh, In fact, the day that the whole boys locker room controversy has erupted on instagram and twitter and women are doing nothing but just taking you know photos of themselves that they like and putting it on their profiles and it's seen as an invitation for men to take them and put them more close photos underage women underage girls uh, take these photos uh, put them on channels that the girls didn't approve of for it being put and then, you know, saying a lot of horrible things about those photos, uh, about those women, making rape threats. And this is, this is the kind of reality that women live with, right? And this is just selfies on Instagram. And with nudes that you're sharing with a partner, the risk is so much, so much greater. And it's, it's a horrible world that we live in that a woman can't engage in consensual sexting without this real risk and without this fear in her mind all the time. I um, really empathize with every woman out there who lives with this fear, who likes a boy, uh, might want to share uh, sexual images of herself, but she just can't shake that fear, which is something we all live with. Um, So there are ways to minimize this fear, minimize this risk. uh, And even if the worst happens, even if the person you trusted ends up not being trustworthy, there are ways that you can protect yourself from this getting as bad as it could and that definitely includes the way you send nudes on what platform you send it i'll get to platforms in a bit but even the shooting of the nude itself try to avoid having identifiable features or identifiable backgrounds on your image so if you're taking a picture of your body try to do it without your face try to not include distinctive tattoos or birthmarks or scars that could use it to identify you so what are we what is the fear the fear is that this is going to be shared on whatsapp groups or put on porn websites and things like that so if that happens whatever that could be used to identify you if that's not in the image then you're good it's still horrible but at least uh, you're not identified so make sure uh, learn your angles of course your angles to look sexy is one huge factor but the other factor is to make sure that you're not including identifiable features so that's that's a big thing if you're sending photos taken on your phone camera there is a meta data that's automatically added to every image that you take on your phone's camera uh, and there are apps like a photo exit editor that can delete this data which deletes like your camera name your phone's name and your uh, location and things like that so if someone were to extract this metadata from photos so if someone wanted to do that to use it to identify you um you can so when you're sending an image make sure that you deleted that data
0: it's it's risky definitely to actually share it without taking a lot of these precautions right so not just how what platform you share it but how you even take the photo. That that brings to the question is like you. The only way you share it is then is when the the image itself gets destroyed. So does Snapchat or apps like uh, Instagrams disappearing photos or uh, something like Signals one-time view only work? Are there more apps beyond these? Like like these are the three that I know of.
1: Yeah. So I definitely recommend using platforms that delete your photos automatically uh, to send your nudes. This is something, for instance, one of my best friends constantly uses WhatsApp and I get so frustrated with her uh, when she does this because uh, it's just not safe. It's not safe to send something that could be downloaded and saved and you don't know how it's going to be used, right? There are apps, uh, technology is amazing. There are apps that make it so much easier to sext safely. And if you are sexting, there's no shame in it. So just use the apps that that make it easier and more safe for you to do so. So you mentioned Snapchat. That's one of the most popular apps. So the things that you need to look out for in the app are obviously where the photos auto-delete where the photos are not saved by the recipient, cannot be saved uh, without informing you. So like for instance, uh, Snapchat informs you if a screenshot has been taken. Some apps block screenshots altogether. Um, And also obviously an app that has end-to-end encryption so that your photos cannot be accessed by anybody apart from the person that you're sharing it with. So uh, you mentioned uh, Signal and... uh, Instagram has disappearing photos as well, which is also a better option than, say, WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger and things like that. Um, There are other apps that I've looked up with, like, Dust, Confide, uh, Wicker, W-I-C-K-R, apart from, you know, Snapchat and Signal, which are some of the more popular ones. But there are basically a lot of apps out there that are much better to uh, sext on. So I would definitely recommend using these.
0: But I recommend Signal a lot. Like, So WhatsApp actually uses Signal's end-to-end encrypted algorithm. So if you actually trust WhatsApp, uh, I would say you can trust Signal more because A, WhatsApp shares some metadata with Facebook and it, it only gives you some control, right? But on the other hand, Signal gives you a lot more control. It minimizes all of these risks in terms of any metadata sharing that happens that you mentioned, like when you take the photo and stuff, right? So I would any day say Signal than any of the other apps. But speaking of dangers and speaking of risks associated with indulging in some of these sexting or sharing nodes is that it's revenge porn. Like what if if you are a victim of this? like? You never know, right? Like, you never know if you say lose your phone physically and there are your own images on your phone. It could be the guy, it could be the girl, it could be anyone. You have highlighted the risks that mostly women face at some level. Are there any advice that you have for men? Like, are there things that men need to ensure that they are not causing any harm or they are not making it uh, look bad or make the uh, woman you make your partner feel bad
1: yeah definitely I think that a conversation on you know sexual abuse I hate that it is always centered around what the women can do to safeguard themselves and not what uh, men can do so thank you for bringing that up I think that uh, if you are engaging in sexting there is an etiquette just like any other o- online uh, exchange there are an etiquette for how you communicate with somebody else online. For men, I think the most straight up advice to cause would be do not save an image that is not meant to be saved. If she is sending you an image on Snap, which is a disappearing image, it obviously means that she does not want you to take a screenshot. So do not take a screenshot. Do not, you know, try to achieve the system and use a third-party app or whatever. Uh, to try and take a screenshot without her consent. That is, it is a crime. You are violating her consent because even if she has consented to sexting with you and even if she has consented to uh, exchanging images with you, she has consented under these terms. She has consented under the terms that this image is going to get deleted after 15 seconds or after you have seen it like twice. And she has consented that it is the one that, like that is not to be seen. The other ways that a sexting relationship can get manipulative is more subtle and I feel that many people don't even realise that they're doing it. Which is that never push somebody to do something that they're not comfortable in. Like I mentioned, uh, sexting is a lot similar to sex itself. And just as with sex, there are boundaries that you have, there are things that you may not be comfortable with doing. Beyond uh, a certain limit, and similarly with sexting, there are boundaries. So make sure that whatever you are doing, uh, wherever you're going with your sexting, however you're escalating it, is is with the consent of both parties. Another way that uh, that is a more subtle form of emotional manipulation and pressuring and uh, a lack of respect for consent is when people pressure their partners to uh, engage in something that they're not comfortable in using trust as an excuse why don't you trust me enough to send me photos on whatsapp why don't you trust me enough to let me have these pictures do you really think that i would do anything bad to harm you how can you doubt that i would do something bad to you this is extremely manipulative because even if you are not the kind of person who would do something who would take partners photos you have to acknowledge that women and queer people live with a Rehabilitating fear of their sexuality being exposed. I don't want to generalize and say all queer people, but mainly people in the closet. Um, People who are vulnerable to image based sexual abuse in general, they live with a lot of fear that they are going to be outed, they're going to be exposed. And this fear is not about you as a partner. So don't make it about you and don't make it about your hurt feelings and. You being sad that they don't trust you. This is about something that's much bigger than you. So you need to respect your partner's boundaries and not use trust as a tool to manipulate them into sending you logos uh, that they send in a format that they don't want them. Uh, And this is something that I've seen. I don't think that people who do this are coming from a malicious perspective. But you need to understand the consequence it has. It does pressure your partner to do something that they're not not comfortable with doing. Uh, Your partner's comfort and ease in this relationship has to be the highest priority all the time. Uh, This goes for any gender, anybody. You have to always make sure that your partner is comfortable and that you are comfortable. If you are in possession of a partner's images that uh, they have shared consensually with you, uh, maybe on WhatsApp or something in a way that you have it downloaded, it is expected and it is a basic understanding that if a relationship like uh, ends, then those images are deleted. Unless you ask your ex-partner for consent to keep those images, but if it's not mentioned or if your partner specifically asks you to delete those images, it is definitely expected that you delete those yeah. images because... Uh, those were shared with you when there was a certain relationship, and if that relationship no longer exists, your partner would not want those images to be with you
0: so you did mention scenarios where your partner is pressurizing you to share some of your personal images to be saved by them, or if someone actually takes a screenshot without actually asking you and say if he he's actually risking your privacy right like what if accidentally unknowingly or with ill intention, uh, it ends up as a revenge pawn. What kind of recourse, especially women, have? Like, what can one even do when such something like that happens? I, I understand, like the internet doesn't forget; uh, it always remembers things. And if, if it's ending up into some of these pawn websites, uh, it, it becomes really, really hard to get it out. So, do you have? Any experiences in helping other people in similar issues, facing similar issues? Or or do you know if there is any research out there on on how to handle these issues?
1: I haven't personally uh, helped anyone do this. uh, But the first thing is definitely to reach out to the platform where these images have been shared non-consensually and try to ask them to take it down. This includes porn websites, because porn websites uh, are supposed to operate on principles of consent and ethics where uh, non-consensual images are not supposed to be uploaded. Uh, so you can make an attempt to reach out to whatever social media platform or form platform that uh, your image has been shared. That is one step. Second, is a crime uh, under the Indian Penal Code, there is a IT Act which protects for something like this and there are cybercrime cells that specifically deal with crimes like this reaching out to a lawyer would be a good bet and there have been cases where perpetrators have been successfully convicted in crimes like this
0: so when you outweigh the risks and the desires of being intimate online what do you think fares like should we do it should we not indulge in it what's your ultimate advice Sam?
1: Well, I am a sex-positive feminist, so I definitely think uh, there there is enough technology that can help protect you. Just like you have safe sex, there is safe sexing. And uh, so I'm a big proponent of finding pleasure where you can. I would say that there's no shame in seeking innovative ways to satiate your desire, especially in times like the quarantine right now where we're all stuck at home. There's enough technology right now to enable safe sexting. So go for it, have fun, be safe, and have a good
0: time. While these are some of the tips to be safe online while you're dating, there are no real solutions to some of the problems that you might encounter. If you are sharing any images and taking them using a phone, please ensure they are stored in an encrypted folder. There are chances when you lose your phone or it gets stolen, it's easy to retrieve this information from the memory cards. It is better you encrypt your entire memory card and file storage. Be safe online. Thank you for listening to the episode of Cyber Democracy. You can listen to this podcast on sonoindia.in or any other podcast app of your choice. As independent producers, we rely on you, our listeners, to support us. So please visit the support page on our website, sunoindia.in, and contribute generously.